The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. The only information that uh, we don't uh, lack, but uh, we wanted to remind everybody is the names of the teams in this draw. So we start uh, with the uh, runners-up of the UEFA Europa League groups. Uh, among them, we have uh, PSV Eindhoven, starter in AFC, AS Roma, FC Union Berlin, Manchester United, FC Michelin, FC Nantes, and AS Monaco. And uh, then we have the third-ranked teams in the UEFA Champions League group. Uh, starting with uh, AFC Ajax, uh, then Bayer Leverkusen, FC Barcelona, Sporting Club de Portugal, FC Salzburg, FC Shakhtar Donetsk, Sevilla FC, and Juventus. These are the 16 teams. We start uh, doing one team from the UEFA Champions League. Zoltan, you can start the draw right now. FC Barcelona. We start uh, with uh, <coughs> FC Barcelona. Barcelona has all the possibilities, so eight teams uh, are possible opponents for Barcelona, who were four times semi-finalists in uh, the UEFA Cup. <coughs> Last time it was in 2001. And they played the quarterfinals of this competition last season. So they are path in the Europa League starts now against this opponent. Manchester United. Against Manchester United, this is a gala match for the UEFA Europa League, so everybody will have plenty of excitement there. So Barcelona will face Manchester United, the winners of 2017. Zoltan, you can draw now another team to start the second pairing. You are listening to Bet MFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the BetMUFC Twitter account. It's at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And finally, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. The premium betting service that has delivered 113 months in a row of transparent track profit to see the PL from the previous month. Every single month, just go to the pin tweet at lockbetting.com and you'll be able to look at the PL for the previous month. And this month shows you the 113th month in a row of transparent track profit. Moving on with this edition of BetMFC, you heard at the top of the show that was the beginning of the draw for the Europa League. Straight out the hat, you get Barcelona and Manchester United. Now, you're always suspicious 
when you get this type of a draw straight off the bat. But for it to be the first two balls, that does look very, very dodgy. The one thing I noticed is that the guy barely rattled the balls for the first ball, pulled Barcelona straight out of the top corner. And then, of course, Manchester United followed. And immediately as the ball was open, you could see that the piece of paper immediately read Manchester United. He didn't need to open it up or to, at all. The, the Man United name or, or the name that you could see was facing him. So, obviously, I'm looking for conspiracy theories here. It's probably a little bit far-fetched. Maybe this did just happen by chance. But ultimately, this is very, very good publicity-wise for the second-tier European competition. We know the Champions League is head and shoulders above. We know the Champions League is going to draw an interest anyway. We know that UEFA would like to add more intrigue and interest to the Europa League. And obviously, the biggest final that you could do is Barcelona versus Manchester United. But what if they don't meet in a final? What if they get knocked out along the way? And over the years, that has proven to be the case. Barcelona did not get to the final last year. They looked like they had an easy route. It looked like it was going to be Barcelona and uh, Leipzig. That didn't happen. In the end, we got Frankfurt versus Rangers. Barcelona got knocked out en route. Tottenham didn't get through to the Europa Conference League final. In fact, they got knocked out in the group stages. Um, Lots of stuff happens in these competitions. And what better way than to make sure you do get that big marquee tie so you can say, look how important the Europa League is. We've got Ajax playing in it. We've got Juventus playing in it. We've got Arsenal playing in it. We've got Barcelona playing in it. We've got Manchester United playing in it. And Barcelona and Manchester United are going to face each other in the Europa League. As I said, this is massively conspiratorial, but I just find it incredible that we've ended up drawing them and how many supporters on Twitter ended up predicting this. Now, obviously, if they were wrong about this, nobody was going to go back and ridicule them. It's not like they were going to be accountable for tweeting this out. So obviously, you are going to go down the most ridiculous path as a supporter. You're going to be as sceptical as possible. You're going to be unoptimistic and you're going to fear the worst straw. And then when it comes to fruition, you're going to have a load of people saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Because obviously, as I said, there's no accountability if they're wrong. But a lot of people did say this was going to happen. And what's even more crazy is the fact that Manchester United only released 6,000 tickets for this and uh, we had 80,000 people in the queue. So we could have filled out Old Trafford solely with the people who were queuing for the tickets, let alone the 50,000 people that have season tickets, let alone the 2 million people that have memberships, people like me who couldn't get a ticket. And I think this is grossly unfair because members attend a lot of the games like we apply for a lot of the games and sometimes for the bigger games we have two million members so say for instance half of those want to go so then you have a situation where one million people are applying for twenty five thousand seats so your chances of going to big games isn't good anyway but sometimes you do end up getting that on the ballot And obviously, you can go to your Europa League games, your other Europa League games, your cup games, your games against teams lower down in the league. So these fans do go to games. But what Manchester United allowed to happen was new members to sign up 
and they were allowed to get in the queue and get tickets. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, just got a membership and two tickets. Well, why should you be able to immediately get a membership and then be able to get tickets when other members have been to other games and have been members longer than you? There needs to be some kind of loyalty system. The club is a bit of a mess. If you're going to be the most supported club in the world, you need to act like it. And some of the things at Manchester United, from the state of the grounds to the, the food we serve in the ground, to the way the mega stores run, to the way that um, to the way that we um, let our players into the ground, and the way that's done, and the way fans are treated there, to the way the players act sometimes at the training ground, to the way that we sell tickets to our supporters, and just just everything from top to bottom, it is not run like a massive club and there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and this really really pissed me off because I'm gonna go anyway but I believe that based on the fact I've been to every other Europa League game I was entitled to pay the proper face value which would have been somewhere around 50 60 pound but instead I'll now need to pay four or five hundred pound per ticket because I'll need to get two because my son will want to go to this game providing that Manchester United is still in it because the first leg happens at the new Camp. But looking at Barcelona's head-to-head record against top sides over the years, I'm not particularly worried about that. I'm not just saying this as a biased Manchester United fan. I genuinely think that Manchester United have a legitimate chance of going through here in the tie. But before we break the tie down and look at how it will be won and lost, before I break down the new updated futures market now that we have eight new teams entering the Europa League. I want to play a clip from before the draw when Paul Scholes was asked who he did and didn't want to play in this playoff round. So we're going to listen to Paul Scholes' comments. Unfortunately, we don't have anything from ex-Man United players after the draw or from Eric Ten Hag. He did have a pre-match press conference before the game against Aston Villa and obviously he had some interviews after the win against Aston Villa and he wasn't asked about the Barcelona tie. So we have nothing from him, we have nothing from ex-players, we have nothing from current players. But what I did dig up was this question that was asked to Paul Scholes before the draw. Who do you want to vote? Um... Look, I, th- I think Barca, look, I, I, loved, I loved him to drive. I've, I've said it a few times. I'd love to, to play as Barca. It just gets the juices flowing, gets the atmosphere going at either ground. I think they're capable of beating them, but Barca, <laughs> on the other, other end, are a really good team. We know that. Probably, they're probably the only one who I think you would probably w- w- want to avoid. As much as I want to play against it, I, do you know I've just got a feeling they're going to get Ajax. Well, it's kind of written, isn't it, Owen? <laughs> Ten Hag against his old club? Well, I'm, I'm not like Scholes. Yeah, I hope they avoid Barca. Get Barca in the mm-hmm. final. Don't want to play Barca because that could be a really hard game. But they're all really good sides, good footballing sides with good managers. Juventus, Sevilla, Shakhtar. I'm, I'll be honest, there's no easy ones. Sporting were great in, in Tottenham's group. So no easy ones. Made it a little bit more difficult than it needed to be. But in the end, I think they're favourite regardless who they play outside of, outside of Barca. So that was uh, Owen Hargreaves and Paul Scholes. Owen Hargreaves didn't want to play Barcelona at all, understandably. Paul Scholes said it was a tie that got the juices flowing, but also the only one that really scared him. So they've ended up with Barcelona, and I do feel that 
it is a winnable tie. And I'll speak about why in a second. Before I do that, let me take this time out to tell you guys about WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, where bring the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet. There's so much to choose from. All you need to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, the offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Finally, let me tell you guys about the SGPN merch store because you can get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the DGEN in your life. I wear this stuff myself. I have some stuff that was sent to me four or five years ago, still like new, hasn't faded, isn't falling to pieces, is exactly like the day the guy sent it to me and I'm hoping to get a little bit more. So make sure you guys check out the store as well. Plus, there's more incentive here because from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use the promo code Dallas sucks. So something else that sucks is Barcelona's record against top teams. They're able to beat the opponents that you would expect them to beat. But even this season, when it was time to face Bayern Munich, they lost twice. When it was time to play the El Clasico, they lost to Real Madrid. When it was time to play against Inter Milan, they lost away to Inter Milan. And when it was time to beat them at the new Camp in a must-win game... They ended up drawing 3-3 and they needed to get back into that game late even to get the draw. So this is a team who just don't turn up for the big occasion. And if Manchester United can come away with something from the new camp, I strongly fancy us to get the job done at Old Trafford. Even if Manchester United can come away without a heavy defeat. And when I say heavy... I'm talking about two goals. If it's by three goals and Manchester United are out, if it's by two goals, Barcelona are heavy favourites. But if it's a 2-1 or a 3-2 or a 1-0, just a one-goal deficit, I think Manchester United can turn that around at Old Trafford. Barcelona are poor in big games and they're particularly poor away from home. So I think Manchester United have a chance. The way the bookies have priced this up, it very much looks like the winner of the United-Barcelona tie will go on to become favourites for the Europa League. Now, Arsenal are obviously already automatically qualified for the round of 16. They're sitting here at the moment as the 4-1 to favourites because they've already automatically qualified. Barcelona just behind them here at 5-1 to with Man United at 8-1. to Then there's a big gap to Ajax 11-1, to Juventus 12-1, to then Sociedad 14-1, to Betis 16-1, to Roma 20-1, to Freiburg 20-1, to Sevilla 20-1. to And after Arsenal, we have four teams that have just come up from the Champions League. So it shows how this format doesn't really get going until the group stages have been completed 
And then we get the Champions League teams coming in and they occupy a lot of the top places in the market as the favourites. But it's Arsenal who are the favourites because, as I said, they are sitting there waiting for their opponent. They are already safely through to the round of 16, the top of the EPL. So I think everything makes sense for Arsenal to be the favourites until Manchester United and Barcelona are done with their tie. But ultimately, I do think that the winner of that will go on to become the favourites to win the competition. Even though Man United started this competition behind Arsenal in the market. But the way Eric Ten Hag has been since he's taken over as the Man United manager, if he can get this win, and given that he's already got wins at home against Tottenham, Arsenal and Liverpool, all of them were relatively convincing as well. I think Manchester United will be installed as the favourites if they can get past Barcelona. I think it's very, very important for Manchester United to set up correctly for this game. I think they should allow Barcelona to have more of the ball. They should invite Barcelona to break them down and then they should counter-attack. And they should do that by starting with the quickest players that we have in our attack. I would personally be going for Anthony, Rashford and Martial. If one of them are not fit, then I would bring in Ganacho. I would not be letting Cristiano Ronaldo anywhere near the team for this game. Now, I understand that the narrative immediately has been Ronaldo goes back to Barcelona. Ronaldo returns to haunt Barcelona. Ronaldo isn't going to do anything. This current incarnation of Ronaldo isn't going to do anything. Now, I understand he's been the permanent starter in the Europa League. I understand it's been Ronaldo's competition so far. But he's got two goals. One of them was a penalty. He missed a hatful of chances in many of the other games. In fact, had he taken one of his chances in the game against Sheriff or in the game against Omnia Nicosia, where we won both games by one goal, 3-2 away and 1-0 at home, where Ronaldo had a ton of chances, just that one goal would have been enough to send us through. And that's not even including the easy one-on-one he had against Real Sociedad, where he was just hoping for the offside flag after he missed it. Ronaldo isn't right for this game. This is a game where we should be encouraging Barcelona to come onto us and then we can hunt down goals on the counter-attack. And we know from the Inter Milan game that Barcelona are susceptible to that because Inter Milan scored continuously on the break at the new Camp. And it would not surprise me if Manchester United set up like this that we can come home not with a one-goal defeat and maybe not even with a draw, but with a win by copying the blueprint set out by Inter Milan and Bayern Munich. Now, I understand not all clubs can execute it because they don't have the same personnel as Bayern Munich and Inter Milan, but we are a better team on paper than Inter Milan. We are better defensively. We certainly have been this season. We have a lot of creative players in midfield who can play those quarterback-like passes in order to set up counter-attacks. And we have a fast attacking forward line with players that can score goals. In Anthony, Rashford and Martial, if they are the three that end up starting, I think we have dangerous players who can expose Barcelona on the counter. So I think that needs to be the game plan. I think Manchester United have a great chance in this tie. If we pick the right players and we implement the right tactics, obviously that can be said about any game that's ever played. But I really do feel that it's not a foregone conclusion. I'm not particularly worried about 
drawing Barcelona. Would I rather it been later on in the tournament? Yes, because I do think it's detrimental for Manchester United to have a exit in the last 16 when you're talking about Eric Ten Hag and you're trying to weigh up if he had a successful season and hopefully you want to finish in the top four in the EPL. You want to have an FA Cup run. You want to have a Carabao Cup run and you want to have a run in Europe. You want to go as far as you possibly can in the Europa League. I don't think when when history tells you what happened in this season, it's just going to say that Manchester United exited in the last 16. You'd have to dig a little bit deeper to know that we ended up drawing Barcelona, the toughest draw in the competition. Obviously, that will only be an excuse if Barcelona go on to actually win it after beating us, if they do. Um, otherwise, no one's going to care. Ultimately, what you want to see is Manchester United went far in every cup competition and they finished in the top four. And they're set up to improve on that and to mount a serious challenge for the title next season. That's everything you want coming out of this season. It's everything you want now. I think these expectations were probably lower at the start of the season because we didn't think that Eric Ten Hag would fix things so quickly. And that's not to say that things are completely fixed. We are still the team that lost on the opening day to Brighton. We are still a team who have been smashed by Manchester City and Brentford away from home. We are still a team who got embarrassed at the weekend by Aston Villa. We are still a team that are having blips. We're far from perfect. But we're also a team that three games into the season that outran Liverpool, which was unthinkable last season, and beat them at home. And winning, and we're winning that game convincingly. We should have been three or four nil up at the half. This is a team that beat us by a nine nil aggregate scoreline last season. So the changes that Eric Ten Hag made are definitely there to see already. And obviously, we have one big issue, in my opinion, and that's Ronaldo, because when he plays, We seem to play completely differently. We seem to do things differently. We seem to slow everything down. We don't seem to press. We don't seem to counter-attack quick enough. And it is a detriment. It is a detriment when he plays. And I hate to say that because, as I've said many times, he is a legend of the club. He is Cristiano Ronaldo. He is a player who has an unbelievable goal-scoring record. And he was unbelievable at times last season as well. But ultimately, when you look at what Manchester United are trying to do, when you look at what United have been trying to do since the pre-season, when you look at the way Ten Hag wants to play and how he did play with Ajax, Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't fit. I've said it from the very start of the season before a ball was kicked. This is a player who's in the bottom 1% of forwards uh, of pressing forwards in world football and it doesn't fit what Eric Ten Hag is trying to do. So ultimately, I don't want to see Ronaldo involved in a tie of this scale. We can't afford for him to play the first or second leg. Manchester United have to come with their proper setup. They have to come to soak up pressure. They have to come with the ability to play on the break with the players that can do that, with the players that can also press a leaky Barcelona defensive line, even though Barcelona actually haven't conceded a goal at home so far in La Liga, the expected goals don't tell you that. The expected expected goals paint a different picture in terms of Testagen being sensational so far this season, in terms of Barcelona being able to keep clean sheets. But that wasn't the case against Bayern Munich and it wasn't the case against Inter Milan. And they are the teams that Manchester United want to be compared to. Manchester United want to be in that conversation. I believe when it comes to Inter Milan, Manchester United already are. When it comes to Bayern Munich, probably not. Bayern Munich are on a different level, but Inter Milan still went to the new Camp and scored three goals when Barcelona were desperate for a result. And I will reiterate again, Barcelona have not been winning these big games against these big teams. And this is a big game. And for that reason, I think Manchester United do have a chance. 
And um, until we know who comes through this tie, it's not really worth deep delving into the futures markets any deeper, because ultimately I do agree that the winner of this tie will go on to win the competition. That's it for me and this episode of Bet MUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.